Kevin Pankhurst and I'm Donna Carter and you are listening to Grow on the Go. How are you doing? Uh, I'm. I don't know. Good, I think. Let me take I stock. Mean, it's literally been months. Months since yeah. I've seen you. Yeah, I haven't seen you in a long time. You've had a new granddaughter since then. Oh, I know. She's so cute. She's very cute. My little Ellie Bean. Yeah. Oh, Ellie Bean. That's cute. Mm. Um. Yeah. I've taken up well no I've, I've seen you since i so it hasn't been several months it's been like a month and a bit maybe yeah yeah because i longer than usual for sure yes certainly um so combination of us being away covid yes all the things yes so it's been a minute mm-hmm. but you know i'm well i'm i cut bangs today sort yeah, of just just for fun for between variety. meetings yeah i needed a break so <laughs> give myself bangs Come back looking different. You know, if you cut your hair every time you're, you know, need a break, you're not going to be able to grow your oh, hair. I've done out. that and I had a buzz cut, so. That's true. Yeah. My I hair's getting long, though. It, it it's is. It's wild. Long. I was bald when uh, when we started this podcast and now it is like well past my collarbones. Right. And we're being nagged to get new headshots, so <sighs> we'll get on that. I'm glad we didn't do it today mm. um, because I very recently... Uh, had my septum pierced, which is, if you don't know, is the, like, part separating your nostrils and your nose. Right. Um, and uh, it didn't occur to me. It's been, on, like, I don't know, not 20 years, but, like, 12 years since I've had a piercing. And I forgot that they do tend to swell. And my nose is a little more bulbous than normal. <laughs> I am not at my best either. I uh, got up early to go over to help Kendall with the baby. Yes. So her baby, sweet little Ellie Bean, mm-hmm. it um, has a cleft lip and a cleft palate. Pretty, yeah, pretty, pretty, pretty bad substantial. One. Yeah. Yep. And it's not easy for cleft babies to eat. No. Um, they can't breastfeed. And, and she so, can't eat for more mm-hmm. than 30 minutes at a time. Otherwise, she's expending more calories than yeah, she's getting. Yeah. So she has to eat often. Yes. And 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 then little Jude is just he's just turned two. So yeah. he's a bit of a handful, too. He sure is. Yeah. So sweet. And she wanted them two years apart. Yeah. Okay. Well, of course, when she made that decision, she didn't know one was going to have special needs, of course. True. But it, I mean, <clears throat> I mean, every baby has special needs. Yeah. yeah because they don't babies all have to eat every two hours. That's fair. Right? That's fair. And she can't, like, when you breastfeed, you're, you're doing everything at once. Yes. And because cleft babies can't breastfeed yeah she has to pump and then feed and yes. so it all takes i mean it's almost time to start again by the time she's done yeah poor thing. so it is a lot so i'm over there quite a bit helping and um i'm pretty tired i also had an art show yesterday mm. um yeah i've i'm 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 kind of looking forward to um a sleep in tomorrow i hope i can manage that I was going to say, tomorrow's a Tuesday. It is a Tuesday. I know. I know. The joy of being semi-retired. No, I'm not semi. Are you I'm sorry. I thought that was a phrase I heard you. <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't realize that was so offensive. <laughs> I wish. Sorry. No, I don't really wish. I mean, I need to contribute. I need to do something meaningful. Um, I just feel like I'm doing quite a lot right now. Mm. I'm in the Panini generation. Yes. 
Yes, it's uh, like the sandwich generation, but a lot more heat and pressure. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, like uh, Grandpa had uh, emergency surgery today on his eye. Yes. So yeah, we've got it kind of coming at both ends. <laughs> you sure do. Yeah. Anyway, I also have a lot going on. I have two cats and um, yep, a job. I, yeah, a job. <laughs> I was yeah. The joke is that no, I don't. I but, know. Um, okay. I know. I get it. Okay. Well. <laughs> you didn't let me leave the punchline to, to sizzle, so... Oh, sorry. That's sorry. okay. Okay, here it is. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Anyway, what are we talking about today, Mom? <laughs> We're going to talk about um, what it is to represent Jesus well in the world. Mm. And I want to I launch with an Andy Stanley quote. In his book, Irresistible, he says this. While most people outside the church continue to have a favorable view of Jesus... They don't necessarily have a favorable view of his body, the mm -hmm. church. That is a problem. It would be like me saying, I like you. I just don't want to be around your body. <laughs> <laughs> Unkind, but okay. I respect your so, honesty. So why do you think that is? Why do you think that people like Jesus, but they don't like us? Oh, I mean, are you actually asking me? I am. Um, I, I think that's easy because we have really hurt people, a lot of people. Mm -hmm. um, all, Pretty much all of the flags in Canada right now are at half-mast and have been for quite some time and should be because more and more it's coming to light how children were murdered when they were under the care of the church. Wasn't exclusively the church. Wasn't but, exclusively the church, but, but largely yes, yes. the church. And this it certainly isn't the first time in history the no. church has been on the wrong side of um, a social issue. Yep. Um, yeah. So I think we are not trusted as Jesus followers. We're not. Um, we're not trusted because we haven't represented Jesus well. No. And th there's a great story that's told in Marie Champion's book called of whom the world was not worthy um, that I that I'd like to tell because I think it just um, makes such a great point there was an evangelist uh, named Yakov who visited a village in Yugoslavia where for many years the corrupt religious hierarchy had perpetrated many terrible abuses of power in the name of Christianity and one day Yakov sat down to talk with an old man named Zimmerman Yaakov listened to Zimmerman's tragic story of suffering and loss, and he began to share the truth about Jesus. But Zimmerman was not having it. He was not interested in hearing anything about Christianity, and, and he interrupted him quite angrily. He said, mm. you know, his own history and the history of his community kept him from wanting anything to do with Jesus. He reminded Yaakov of the atrocities committed in Jesus' name, including the murder of his own nephew. Zimmerman ranted, they wear their elaborate capes and crosses, signifying a heavily commission, but their evil designs and lives I cannot ignore. Yaakov knew this was a pivotal, pivotal moment. He saw an opportunity to help Zimmerman understand the truth. Zimmerman, suppose I stole your coat and wore it to commit a crime. The police might eventually find you and interrogate you for my crime. What would you say to them if they accused you? I would deny it, Zimmerman said, indignant. But the police would say they saw your coat, Yakov countered. By this time, Zimmerman had pretty much lost his patience for the <laughs> discussion, and he threw Yakov out of his house. But Yakov continued to visit Zimmerman each time he was in the village, really showing genuine friendship and love to the, to the older man. Well, one day, 
The old man asked Yaakov how he could become how he could become a Christian. Yaakov gently shared the simple steps of repentance and surrender. Simmerman knelt and gave his life to Christ. He wiped at tears as he hugged Yaakov. Thank you for being in my life. And then Simmerman pointed to heaven and said, you wear his coat very well. Mm. My life verse is Colossians 3.17. And here it is in the, the uh, Passion Translation. Let every activity of your lives and every word that comes out of your lips be drenched with the beauty of our Lord Jesus, the Anointed One, and bring your constant praise to God the Father because of what Christ has done for you. In the New Living, it says it this way, In everything you do or say, let it be as a representative of the Lord Jesus. So why is it that people are mostly positive about Jesus, but seem negative toward us, his followers? Is it possible that we're not wearing Jesus' coat well? We're not good representatives, often. In Matthew 22, when Jesus was asked, what is the most important command in the scriptures? He answered, it was love. Mm -hmm. Loving God with all we've got and loving people as we love ourselves. Here it is in the First Nations version of the Gospels called Walking the Good Road. I think this exchange is translated really beautifully. When asked what instruction in tribal law stands first, he said this, You must love the great spirit from deep within with the strength of your arms, the thoughts of your mind, mm. and the courage of your heart. Isn't that great? That's really beautiful. This is the first and greatest instruction, and the second is like it, he added. You must love your fellow human beings in the same way you love yourselves. Jesus was so attractive to people because of how unconditionally he loved. He invites us to represent him by loving and giving that same love to others. Why do you think that's so hard for us to do? Ah, oh, because we're damaged, mm. is the short answer. Mm-hmm. And I, I also think that we, we don't grasp God's love for us. No. We can't give away what we don't possess or what we don't know we possess. Yeah. I can't unconditionally love others unless I'm convinced of and secure in Jesus' unconditional love for me. Mm -hmm. And I think secure being the operative word there. Um, hmm. I think so much comes from insecurity. And so much harm is done through insecurity. Mm. So I don't, I think you, that in particular really hits the nail on the head mm. for me. Mm -hmm. It certainly resonates with me. Okay. My, my understanding of what this kind of love for people really means was really um, brought home to me by a breakout session I attended at a conference way back in 2005. Um, the, the session was called Gorilla Lovers. Challenging name. Mm. So... It's not gorilla, the, the primate gorilla, like the great ape. Yeah. It's gorilla as in like the gorilla style. wharf. Yeah. yeah. So all I knew before I attended the session was that it had something to do with evangelism, but that's about it. But I'll tell you that session wrecked me <laughs> in, mm. in a really beautiful way. When I met up with, with your dad later for lunch, I was so emotional. I couldn't even speak. I just pounded my chest. Oh, <laughs> like, like a gorilla. Like a gorilla. There you go. <laughs> so the leader of the session had been Vince Antonucci. He was a pastor who planted a church in Las Vegas for people like his parents. His mom had been an exotic dancer, 
dancer, rather, gangster. and his dad was a gangster. Oh, my. Yeah. So he wanted this church to be for people who were very far from Jesus. He wanted to plant a church of God-stalking, grace-wholesaling, gorilla-loving people. You're thinking, what? <laughs> okay, well, let me just unpack that a little bit. God-stalking is relentlessly pursuing surrender to and intimacy with the Father. Randy and I both immediately knew what that meant because I had a stalker once. Do you remember that? I do. It was deeply unsettling. It was unsettling. Oh, the voicemails I would hear. Oh, she was she was a woman with some mental illness that I'd met at a speaking engagement. She drove our whole family crazy with her. She just really um, latched on to yeah, you. Constant, unwanted, and inappropriate attention. Yes, very inappropriate. Now, being a God stalker isn't in any way unwanted or inappropriate, but it's just as relentless. Mm-hmm. Knowing and loving God becomes an obsession for us. It's the most important thing in our lives. And being a grace wholesaler and a guerrilla lover are about loving Jesus and loving people like Jesus did. Mm -hmm. So grace wholesaling is the reactive side of love. It carries the idea that the supply never runs out. So think Costco. (laughs) Is there anything at Costco you can get in small quantities? I don't think so. I mean... It's, there's enough toilet paper there for the whole pandemic. It's all good. That's what it means to be a grace wholesaler, extending grace to others in Costco quantities. Being a gorilla lover is about loving people proactively. Everybody's heard about gorilla fighting, right? In, in gorilla warfare, fighters wait in the trees for an opportunity to catch their enemy unprepared. It's intentional, it's strategic, and it's surprising. Gorilla loving means making your daily, hourly habit of waiting and watching for the opportunity to show love. Looking at the life of Jesus, we can see that he was both a gorilla lover and a grace wholesaler. He was both proactive and reactive in the way that he loved. In John 4, the story of Jesus' intentional encounter with the Samaritan woman, we see an example of his proactive love. In the interest of time, I've removed a few details that aren't relevant to Jesus' proactive love, which is what I really want to focus on. So we'll start in verse 3. Jesus abruptly left Judea and returned to the province of Galilee, and he had to pass through Samaria. Jesus arrived at the Samaritan village of Sychar. Wearied by his long journey, he sat on the edge of Jacob's well and sent his disciples into the village to buy food, for it was already afternoon. Soon a Samaritan woman came to draw water. Jesus said, give me a drink. She replied, why would a Jewish man ask a Samaritan woman for a drink of water? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Yeah. Jesus replied, if you only knew who I am and the gift. (laughs) Don't you know who I am? (laughs) And the gift that God wants to give you, you'd ask me for a drink and I would give you living water. Okay, so backing up to the beginning, the passage says that Jesus had to go through Samaria. Well, actually, he didn't have to go through Samaria, at least not geographically speaking. Jews and Samaritans hated each other. Jews considered Samaritans unclean and would actually go a whole day's journey out of their way to avoid contact. Mm -hmm. That would be like flying from Toronto to Montreal via Vancouver. (laughs) Like it just didn't make a lot of sense. So then why would Jesus say he had to go through Samaria? I, I think he knew he had a divine appointment. 
It was a choice on Jesus' part. It was intentional and strategic, mm -hmm. and it was absolutely surprising, if not shocking, to the woman. And to his followers as well. Yes, they sure. were really quite shocked also. She was surprised, though, that this obviously Jewish man would speak to her because she was A. Samaritan. Yes, and B. Presumably by, by herself. It, because she was a woman. Yeah. It wasn't socially acceptable for a man to speak to a woman in public unless they were related. Yeah. Jesus took the opportunity to love this girl by intentionally engaging her and injecting her life with value and purpose in a way that was totally unexpected and completely surprising. So how can we become guerrilla lovers, proactive lovers of people? My friend Helene is great at this. She collects the names of people in her life who don't know God. I've talked about this before, but it's worth repeating. At any given time, there are over 100 names in her journal of people she knows who don't know God. She prays for them regularly, asking for opportunities to proactively love them. And then she intentionally reaches out to about three of those contacts every week, in, in, or every day, sorry, in little ways. Goodness. So it could just be a text, it could be a note in the mail, a lunch or a coffee. I mean, most of us can't imagine making time for three extra appointments or contacts a day, but we can still be intentional. I certainly can't imagine putting a note in the mail. No, but you know what? People really appreciate it oh, because sure. it is so unusual. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I also have a list of names in my journal. Mine is much shorter than Helene's. <laughs> I've got maybe 30, 35. That's so many. Um, but I found that praying for the people on my list keeps these people on my heart and my mind. Mm -hmm. Praying for opportunities to connect with them intentionally helps me see creative ways to surprise them with the love of Jesus. So I met a woman, I'm going to call Sarah, in an art group that I am a part of. She always seemed kind of negative to me. And honestly, I wasn't really attracted to her as a friend as a result of that. But I wrote her name down in my journal and I started praying for her. And as I did, I started to really have compassion for her. One day, she seemed really upset in an art class we were both in. And I found a quiet moment to ask her if she was okay. And she told me that her sister had been in an accident and had been badly injured. So I asked Sarah if I could stay after class and just pray for her and her sister. She said yes. And she wept that morning as I prayed for her. And you know something interesting? I, I, I have never had someone, even a stranger, say no to me when I've offered to pray for them. Mm -hmm. People, I think they feel loved and often they shed tears. Anyway, what do you do for somebody who's worried about her injured sister? Well, I had no idea. So I baked banana bread. Sure. I mean, who doesn't like banana bread, right? So when I saw her the next week, I took her a loaf, uh, one loaf for her and one for her sister. And over the months and years, there have been many more opportunities to pray for, with, and over Sarah. I've learned that her negativity has come from a life of hurts. The biggest one, at least the biggest recent one, is estrangement from her young adult son. He wouldn't talk to her for years. She didn't even know where he was living. I, I cannot think of anything more painful than that. So I prayed with her and for her over, the, over, over that loss for years. I prayed that God would bring guerrilla lovers into her son's life and that he'd become a God stalker. I often reminded Sarah the last chapter in her family story was not written yet. Mm -hmm. Well, last summer we were on vacation in BC and I got a phone call from Sarah 
After only a couple of sentences, she just sort of blurted out, my son just called me. He's living hundreds of kilometers away, but he wants a relationship with me. Amazing. I was so shocked, even though this is what I'd been yeah. praying for. <laughs> but I sputtered, well, what, what happened? She simply said, he found God. Wow. And of course, now, not surprisingly, has Sarah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Seeing this incredible change in her son showed her that God is real and he is good. She's been asking me for resources to help her and her son grow. And right now they're actually doing a Bible study together online. Isn't that amazing? amazing? It is yeah, amazing. that's wonderful. And you know, it all began with prayer. Mm-hmm. So I really want to encourage you to pray for uh, individuals that you're in relationship with who don't know God. I think the other thing is it can be tricky to sort of discern um when you're being led and when you're just like, I don't know, just desperately looking for someone to pray over, someone to, you know, be this person to. But I think both are valid. For sure. And I think it's never too soon to pray for someone. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's too soon to speak about your faith. I typically wait until I feel like there's a real a real opportunity being offered to me by that individual. Yeah. And God creates those opportunities. He creates that, that interest, that hunger in people's hearts. So pray for the people you're in relationship with who don't know God. Mm-hmm. Keeping those people top of mind, that is what helps us to hunt for opportunities, to practically love them, to surprise them with yeah. Jesus' love. Well, and we're also called, we're also called to pray for our enemies and and Mm -hmm. those who persecute us I think enemy like I wouldn't say that I necessarily have enemies I just have people that either don't like me or I don't like them yeah you just don't prefer them I yeah they're not my cup of tea I'm 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 not a lot of people's cup of tea um but I I do think something I discovered weirdly in my early adulthood was when you choose to love the people that just rub you the wrong way, that just mm. get your back up for no apparent reason. Oh my goodness, the things God will do with that. Yeah. Both for you and for them. Like it is not, this is a weird thing to say, but it's not an entirely selfless gesture. Like the the healing that I've gotten from seeing people that I saw as like an obstacle or, or um, a source of insecurity, the healing that's come from that has been unbelievable Hmm. and um yeah has really changed the way that I've viewed myself so I think it's not necessarily enough to pray for the people that we love and like we want to see flourish like Mm -hmm. pray for the people you don't like um and 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 you don't have to like them after you pray for them either and show show love love is something we do we're not talking about a warm fuzzy feeling Mm -mm. it's and and actually as we pray for people often our emotions toward that person do change yeah i think of uh neighbors we had in uh the house you were born in but so obviously you wouldn't yeah the house we are currently in is the only house i remember so you wouldn't remember this at all but um, we had this neighbor who was just difficult, and we lived in a cul-de-sac, so and we um, didn't have driveways yeah. in the front. Some of us had driveways in the back or garages, but so the neighbors would just point their 
uh, the nose of their car in toward their front yard. But yeah. it, it got really congested. Mm -hmm. And if people ever parked in front of this guy's yard, he would just get ridiculous. Like if yes. they had their sunroof open, he'd put a sprinkler on. I mean, or he'd bring his car behind them so they couldn't get out. I mean, it was it was pretty crazy. Just so passive aggressive or outright aggressive. And I didn't cases. really have any interaction with this guy. I was busy with little kids, but um, Randy did. And he did such a good job of being a gorilla lover to this guy. Mm -hmm. Not only did he win him over, but he had real opportunity to um, speak truth into mm -hmm. that man's life that was badly needed. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, you're right. It's not just about the people we like. It's about the people who rub us the wrong way as well. Yeah, or the people we're neutral on. There are... Yeah. Yeah. And, of course, like, we, we can practically love people, um, but um, God loves people more than we ever could. Mm -hmm. Every person. He's far more motivated to see them adopted into his family than we could ever be. Ever imagine, yeah. It's he who does the heavy lifting. But we need to do the gorilla loving. Mm -hmm. We are his hands and feet and, yeah. and mouth and yeah. we are the body of Christ and, and, mm -hmm. and that's what that means like his intent his grand design is there we just need to be his representatives yeah to wear be his mouthpiece. coat yeah wear his well, coat yeah exactly yeah. that's exactly right I um have been uh I I really feel awkward walking by a homeless person who's looking for money yeah. if I have time I'll take them and buy them food if they want that mm -hmm. or, or whatever. But um, one of the things I've done is to um, pack a gorilla bag. <laughs> <laughs> I pack bags for homeless people that I keep in my car. Yeah. And they've got um, sometimes bus tickets, usually a McDonald's um, gift, gift card. card, socks, underwear, uh, toiletries, bunch of stuff that would be useful. Mm -hmm. And and I can just come over to somebody and say, hey, what's your name? Mm -hmm. You know, I have some things in this bag that I think might help you. Yeah. And show the love of Jesus that way. Even, there's a lady that lives in my parking structure, and I may have talked about her before. Mm -hmm. her, name, yeah. her name is Jody, And mm -hmm. the fact that I know her name, the fact that, I mean, mm -hmm. she's she's certainly not hurting anyone. And she, when everyone's car is away while they're at work, she sweeps out the parking structure just to sort of earn her keep, yeah. which breaks my heart a little bit. But but everyone leaves her alone. And, well, and you know what? There's there's pride in, yes, in, in contributing. Contributing, absolutely. Yeah. Um, but she, like, I've asked her if I can get her anything enough times that she, if she sees me, and she's not rude at all. And she'll even say, like, I'm so sorry. I hate asking you for something. I haven't had anything to drink today. Do you do you have a Oof. water bottle I could borrow or wow. or like whatever? So I just I actually just keep extra water bottles so I can give her nice. one. Because like her stuff gets stolen all the time. Oh, but, yeah. Um, and I, I try to like stock up on blankets. So, so if she's sleeping down there, I can grab her an extra mm -hmm. one if she needs it. Mm -hmm. and, um, and it I haven't had a chance to talk to her about Jesus yet, but. I know that day will come mm. and and you can be praying for it. Ab oh, absolutely. Yeah. I every time I park my car, um, she sort of sleeps in a spot that's right next to my car. Mm -hmm. And so I, I look at her spot, to see if she's there and kind of just very silently say a, a really quick prayer mm -hmm. for Jody. Mm -hmm. um, 
that is um, pretty much all the time we have for today. Oh, just before we go off, yes. I just want to remind people that um, one of the ways you can love somebody mm -hmm. as a gorilla lover is to share the share shows with yes. them yes. and then have a conversation with them about it afterward. Mm -hmm. So the share shows are the fourth show of every month. Okay, so keep an eye out for that. But in the meantime, uh, that's all we've got for today. I'm Kevin Pankhurst. And I'm Donna Carter, inviting you to grow on the go. Thanks for listening to Grow on the Go. Share this episode on social media and find more great programs at faithstrongtoday.com.